0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and I'm glad you're here. We got a special guest today. His name is Tim I hope I forgot to ask him before we hit record how he pronounces his last name. Opelt. I'm looking for him to nod. Well, oh, I, I did it wrong, but I'll bring him on here and he'll correct me in a minute. I'm sorry. Um, really cool guy. He's been in the industry, in the business, real estate business for a long, long time. Um, he does some really cool things, and he's got a new YouTube channel that's got a little bit of controversial angle to it, which uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask him questions about that. And I'm also I uh, want to talk to him about the reason he got on my radar was he did a really good video few weeks ago on the harsh reality, the truth of what goes on in a wholesaling business and why do so few people fail in the business. And this is something I've been talking about for a long, long time. Why do so many people fail in the business? It's a frustrating thing. And is there anything we can do about it? I don't know, right? But we're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be talking about some of the content that Tim has been producing on his channel and uh, how you can get some value from it. So as I'm recording this right now, we're live in YouTube and Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. Soon, Rumble. I want to get this on Rumble somehow, but uh, I want you to please type in your questions and any chat that you have in the comments, whether you're watching, whatever platform you're watching on, and I can bring those comments up here. I want you to tell us where you're from. We have people from all over the world uh, listening to my podcast, watching my shows. So I'd really appreciate you letting me know uh, where you are from in the world. Just say hi, just say hi. All right, real quick, if you want more information, about how I flip vacant land. Uh, You can get my contract for my vacant land deals for free at simplelandcontract.com. So go check that out if you want, simplelandcontract.com. After you um, opt in to get that free contract, you'll be invited to a webinar that I do that teaches you how to flip land deals. After you watch that webinar, you'll be invited to invest in my course, which I do 100% Business Completion Challenge refund. So once you complete the program, I give you your money back. I've refunded over $250,000 in the last few years of people who have completed my programs. Why do I do that? Uh, it's real simple. I love, I got a couple reasons, three reasons. Number one, I look at this as like an investment in my most important assets, you guys, my customers. And if you do deals, if you take action, um, I know you're going to be a raving fan. Uh, you might sign up for coaching. You might sign up for uh, some software that I might recommend in the future or whatever. So I get great testimonials. Uh, And I love to reward people who take action. I love to reward people who take action. The other reason I do it is a lot of you guys bring me deals. And I know if I can push you over the edge, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit, like why do so few people actually take action on this stuff? If I can help you in whatever way I can to go take steps to do the marketing, to make offers, some of you are going to have success. Some of you are going to do deals. And then uh, you can partner with me on deals. Maybe bring me some deals. I might buy them. I might partner with you on them. I might lend money on the deals. That's really one of the ultimate goals I have in selling courses and stuff is I can partner with students on deals. Not always, but sometimes, okay? And the other reason I do it is it's just fun. My goal is to uh, refund at least, uh, up. I want to refund a million dollars in course completion challenge refunds. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, right? That's how much I believe in this process. And my philosophy is simple. If I can't make you money, then I don't deserve yours. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I'm saying, listen, just put this to work and try it and if you... If you uh, do it, just complete the course. You don't even have to do a deal. Just go through the program, make at least 25 offers, send me a testimonial, and I'll give you 100% of your money back. Um, I have over 100 pictures, if you watch my webinar, 100 pictures of people holding refund checks. So it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. It's a way to give back, but it's also a way to do more deals. And I'm hoping that it provides more and more people some incentive to start taking massive action. Because again, guys, I explain this all the time. Your speed to income is directly proportional to the number of offers that you make. I'll repeat that. Your speed to income in this business is directly proportional to the number of offers that you make. That you make. So if you're struggling in this business, it's probably because you're not making enough offers. So what can I do to help my students make more offers? Give them some incentives, some rewards. So that's that's my goal with that. Anyway, if you want more information on my Flipping Land program, go check out simplelandcontract.com. And uh, check that out because it's, it's free. Cool. Enough of that, Joe. Let's bring Tim on. Tim, how are you? Joe, thanks for having me. It's an honor yeah. to
1: be here, man. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? So you didn't get it wrong. You said Opelt. Um, but the reason I kind of made a face in the background is I actually thought it was pronounced Opelt for the longest time. But I found out in the last few years, it's actually Opelt. It's German. Opelt. So I've been pronouncing my name wrong as well. But Tim no Opelt, yeah. Well, how, yeah. how do you
0: find the right way to pronounce it?
1: Um my uncle is dig he digs deep into like our family heritage and I think he think he told me. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Opelt. Well, Ophelt, hey, Kim, yep. thanks for being on the show. Sorry for the long-winded introduction. You got me going there. So you've been in the r- real estate wholesaling space for a long, long time. Talk about how you got into real estate. Yeah,
1: I read Rich Shedport. So okay. I to actually get started, I watched Oprah. And I saw Will Smith on Oprah, and Will Smith mentioned the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I'm a big Will Smith fan. I made a video about him. I've always been following him. Yep. And uh, so, literally, it was Oprah. He mentioned the book that he was reading with his son. So I went and read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I didn't have a lot of money growing up, and I wanted to be like you know, making money was a big motivator in my life, kind of early on. So I read the book. You know, as many of us did, got started in real estate because of that book. That was I probably read the book in 2011. I think, yeah, I was in college, College still Yeah, so yeah, I'm 30, 32 now. I just had my birthday. Yeah, so anyway, I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, got into real estate, and then I joined, uh, basically uh, went to the local RIA. I lived in New Jersey at the time, and I spammed everybody in the RIA. I was like, hey, young guy, trying to, trying to uh, get in the business. I work for free, teach me in the business. And then um, I found someone. She bought a Fortune Builders program. She spent like 25 grand on it, gave me the login, that's how I found out about wholesaling and uh in the grind ever since. Yeah. Nice. And uh when did you start wholesaling? I think I did my first deal in
0: 2014. 2014. So I guess okay. Roughly nine years ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, you do you still do a lot of wholesaling now, or is it just a side hustle for you? It is a very side hustle uh okay. for me right now. Yeah.
1: I have um I work at Carrot, so I work at Carrot as you know. Um Carrot website's amazing.
0: The- I've been a Carrot customer since they started. Yep, and I'm good friends with Trevor. Awesome guy. Um, great company. So okay, you and and Carrot does a lot of um, more than just websites. They do a lot of SEO and um, website online marketing, right? Yep,
1: okay. love them. Yeah. So I I built my my wholesaling business. I was getting deals through internet marketing, through pay per click and SEO. I was using Carrot. I ended up going out to you know meet the headquarters, meet meet Trevor, and then I ended up yeah get, getting a job with them, work for them, and then I started a marketing agency on the side. So. I've been slowly transitioning to being an internet marketing guy versus a a wholesaling guy. I enjoy it more. I think it's a a bit of a better business model for me too. And uh, so I I still do deals. My market's in Delaware. But I have a partner who really handles most of the stuff.
0: So cool. All right. So then uh, you, you, you also do some other things. So what do you do? You work for Carrot. You do, do you have an agency that does PPC or?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's called wholesaling PPC. Uh, we just do Google ads. That's, I okay. try to do one thing really well. And that's the only thing we do. So just for real estate investors, literally the system I use in my own business, we just can scale it to any market in the country. So cool. Yeah.
0: And you do some YouTube videos now. Yeah. Yeah. Started doing YouTube videos last year. Yep. They're really good quality. Really good Thank quality. Video. I can tell you put a lot of work into those videos. So you did a video a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, where you interviewed somebody and you talked about kind of the theme of it was the harsh truth of wholesaling, what really goes on. Why do so few people succeed in wholesaling? Talk about that interview you did with, I forget that gentleman's name. With it uh, Tag? Tag, Uh, yes. And I think I had him on my podcast. This was a guy a few years ago who was on everybody's podcasts doing a lot of deals, but he got kind of disillusioned and frustrated with wholesaling. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, anyway, okay. So that video, basically, um, yeah, I was friends with Tag on Facebook, Tag Thompson. He posted this kind of very low-quality Facebook video. It was like a minute long. He was like, I did this kind of informal research study where I, you know, looked at all these podcast guests on like the big, you know, Wholesaling Inc and places like that and, uh, you know, found out that, you know, 97% of them like, Aren't even? I think it was ninety-seven percent never went full time, and then seventy percent quit the business entirely. And I just thought that was such a crazy point to make. And so, you know, I didn't get any any traction on his Facebook, and I was like, why does no one care about this? So I just kept it in my back pocket. And then when I started doing YouTube, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, like I kind of want to expand on this idea a little bit, Um, and I can go into why, like, why I even cared in the first place. I'm happy to do that, but that's kind of where it came from. And then he agreed to chat with me and then we you know, had a podcast and, and there, that's how the video came about.
0: So people wanna go look it up, they can find your channel, just go to YouTube, do a search for Tim yep. Opelt. Yep. O-P-P-E-L-T. Right. Got it. Got some good videos there. Rocking the boat a little bit, you know, it's a little controversial, but I think the message is really, really good inside those videos. Let's talk about wholesaling because you've done some deals before and let's be honest, it's not as easy as everybody makes it sound, is it?
1: No. No, it's huh. not.
0: So why not?
1: That is a good question. Um, I'll tell you my my experience with it. So, you know, back t- maybe six, seven years ago, so I've been, I was wholes- wholesaling, you know, full-time for a couple years at that point. And, you know, I got, uh, it was struggling. Like I was doing some deals, you know, I was 15 to 20 a year <clears throat> making, you know, netting an average full-time salary. I wasn't killing it, um, but I was probably netting, you know, 60 to 80 grand a year.
0: Let's talk about net. (laughs) This has annoyed me forever and ever. You see some guy flashing a check of a deal that they just did, right? What they don't talk about is all of the marketing expense that went into that deal, right? A lot of times that check that, it's just like realtors. They say we did $50 million in sales. That just means they sold $50 million worth of houses, right? Could be one house. (laughs) And it could be, or it could be one house, right? Their commissions were a lot smaller. But what, what you see on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all this stuff with these big checks, a lot of times it's just the sale, the proceeds from the sale and they're not factoring in how much marketing they put into the deal, how much, what percent did they pay their sales guys, their disposition guys, the realtors, the the marketing, the cost of the money that they finance and all of that. And if you were to look really, really at, like deeply at the net, net, net of these wholesaling deals, they're a lot smaller than these big checks that you're seeing. Would you agree to that? I would. Yes. Yeah. Cause one of the things you talked about in the video, I thought was really, really good was you've got to factor in the cost of doing business. It's the cost of goods sold, right? It's, it's how much marketing you have to do to put into this business and how much, um, time you have to put in as well. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: I, I, I think that like the, the disconnect for me is, so when I was wholesaling for a few years and struggling, uh, you know, feeling like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm making a living, but it's not a great living considering all this freaking stress we have in the business. It's a very stressful business. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't I just go get a job and make the same amount of money and not have a deal with all this BS? And, and at the same time, I'm going on Facebook, I'm going on YouTube, and I'm seeing all these guys posting like, how I did 100K this month. And I'm like, what makes the, like, why am I so inadequate? And I, I and really the, the emotional motivation for me was like, I got pretty depressed. And I'm like, you know, i kind of already hard on myself. It's kind of my personality, but I compared myself to this, you know, the internet. And I think this is a social media problem in general, not just our industry, but I think there's, it's just like the context isn't there. And when people are netting, you know, less than what people are showing, they feel bad about themselves. And I think that shouldn't be. So basically my channel, yes, maybe it's a bit contr- controversial, but the, the underlying motivation is I want to help people feel better with yeah. their emotions and and not feel so ashamed and I try to be trying to be completely transparent and I'll say another thing Joe is another issue with that is there's I think a lack of information that people need in order to get to the next level in wholesaling for the people that are netting 100k a month I I work with investors who are doing a million dollars a year in that you know there are people crushing it um but like I think unless you're completely transparent with what your profit margins are what your expenses are what an actual you know balance sheet uh, p and l looks like it's going to be hard for people to learn and grow, and that's what I'm trying to do is just be completely honest if I had yeah. the information, if I had people share their financials, share their profit margins and really go into like business building skills and wholesaling, mm. I think I would have done better off and not that's, have uh, felt so terrible
0: that's really good, Tim and and I've talked about it on my channel before. I was faced with a over the few years it's it's easy to make a lot of money in a certain sense it's hard to keep it. And I, it's hard to, there's so many entrepreneurs right now, investors and wholesalers that aren't paying their taxes, right? <laughs> and, you know, and I was faced with a $520,000 tax bill and I paid it off three, four years ago. But, um, it, and I talked about this before in my podcast many times. It's frustrating. It's embarrassing. And you, it's the things that people don't talk about. You know, you make a lot of money, but you don't understand that you don't understand the numbers. And I've seen, so many investors struggle with this that are really successful from the outside appearance. But it is a business. And, and if you want to run, if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. So I say this all the time to people, like you've got to know your numbers. You've got to know the P&L of each of your businesses, the profit and loss, right? And they're so important for people to read the book, Profit First. I mean, we, we treat this business like it's just a get-rich-quick, it's easy. Anybody can do it. In a certain sense, that is, right? Anybody can do it. It is get rich kind of quick because it's it's better than buying a subway franchise. You know, it's better than flipping hamburgers, but there is a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of overhead, there's salaries, there's taxes, and uh, there's there's marketing, there's the time, there's the stress. It's not for everybody. I think um, it's important that we're talking about this. I think this is a really, really, really important topic. Whether you're doing houses or land, it's, it's true across small business entrepreneurship. It's only a small percentage of people that survive. It's only a small percentage of people that have what it takes to be successful in this business and to make a lot of money in it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think it comes down to market dynamics a
1: bit. And, and what I mean by that is, I think if you think about the context of all the content about wholesaling, that goes out there. All the gurus, I mean, you know, Dean Graziosi, all the big ones, you're putting out content, I'm putting out, everybody puts out content. I mean, there's probably 10 videos a day about how to get rich wholesaling that come out on YouTube. And there's so much content and it is great. I mean, there's a lot of case studies out there of all these young guys making a ton of money. And I think th- the content attracts a certain type of personality. Like you're saying, get rich quick. People who want to get rich quick, like that's kind of the packaging of wholesaling uh, in the climate today. And... You know, I I understand why, like it's, you know, how people sell courses and and whatnot. But I think, I think because, so when I mean market, market dynamics, it's the content we have, and it's the people that are attracted to that content and those personalities and and those skill sets, people maybe don't have money for a reason because they don't have a ton of business skills in the first place. It's the people who want to get rich quick, who don't have any business skills, try to get into wholesaling. And then because wholesaling, well, actually does require business skills and isn't easy. That's why there's such a high failure rate. So it's, like, it's the content, um, people yeah. attracted by the current content and then
0: the actual reality of how challenging it is. It's a weird dichotomy, right? Because I remember the first deal I did. Looking back, it was a hard, but it, it was actually really easy. I sent out some postcards, right? Yeah. I took some phone calls. I made some offers. I didn't know this particular deal. I had no idea what it was worth. I pulled a number out of my, this is my first wholesale deal back in 08, 07. And I never went to go see the property. I pulled a number out of, you know what? And I made an offer to the lady. She said, yeah, stuck a sign in the yard and um, I sold it for $15,000 more. Like the next day, I sold it very fast. So that is kind of easy, but I think what's not being talked about is all the work you gotta put in there to get there. It's not, it's like, you know, let's say it's it's one out of every 30 offers that you make that gets accepted. Some people are gonna make a, get, a, get a deal in their first five offers right? And they're going to think, oh man, this is easy. But over time, as you build, as you treat it like a business, you're going to have good months, you're going to have bad months. You're going to have some months where it's one out of 60 offers that get accepted, some months where it's one out of five offers that get accepted. And so when you average it all out over time, it is kind of easy, but what people don't what people forget or maybe don't talk about is the work you got to put in to get to the easy. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, what, what I'm curious, what did you do before wholesaling?
0: You know, 2001 to oh, I, 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 I was a professional student. Like I bought course after course after course. Um, now I was doing some subject twos. I I did have some buy and holds, but I was putting all my money into bad deals. Really, I was buying properties at like 90 cents on the dollar because I thought properties always go up, values yeah. always go up. Um, I was ca- I was figuring I was I wasn't calculating cash flow properly. on my buy and holds and my subject twos. So um, I wasn't factoring in money, setting aside for vacancies and maintenance and repairs and unexpected things in the future. So when the market crashed and corrected, the little bit of cash flow I had quickly disappeared. I had some vacancies and had repairs and all of that. So I knew I had to learn wholesaling. So for a couple of years, two or three years, I bought tons of courses, books, went to boot camps, um, signed up for coaching programs that didn't work. The problem was not the courses. The problem was me. I wasn't putting in the work for it. I kept on looking for another magic bullet, another s- little secret that uh, maybe another course would have. Finally, I bought Chris Chico's course. I don't know if you know Chris Chico. At yep. the time, he had a, a course called um, Absentee Owner Profits. And I didn't like the course. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was dumb, it was too simple. I could get all this stuff for free. And this was in 2007 and eight, where even, you know, we didn't have YouTube back then, but we had. Forums, we had you know, books, and Bigger you could still find, yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, um flipping homes.com was a big forum community back then, before Bigger Pockets. I thought, oh, Well, you can get all this stuff for free, and even back then, I was thinking these lists are too competitive. It's too easy, too hard. I mean, not <laughs> you're right. It's, it can't be that easy. Oh, yeah. it's actually really hard. I was speaking out both sides of my of my mouth, whatever that means. So anyway, I finally bought one more course. I said, I'm just going to do what this guy says to do. And I'm not going to change anything. I didn't like his list because I thought everybody was mailing to the same list. I thought postcards were dumb. I thought his postcard was ugly and unprofessional. And uh, I thought his script and his contract were, were not good because obviously I knew I knew better. I would bought all of these courses, you know, and I kind of... So finally, I, but my back was against the wall. I was hemorrhaging cash. And I said, I'm just going to do what this guy says. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to question anything. And I took it seriously for really the first time. Started doing a lot of direct mail. Not a lot. I mean, maybe a thousand postcards a month. And I started answering the phones. I didn't like talking to sellers, but I did it anyway. I didn't like making offers to every lead that came in, but I did it anyway. I used Chris's script. I used his contracts. And then it worked. And But then it dawned on me like, holy crap. I'm that guy now with a check. Like, because I used to watch the gurus when they did their presentations and they kept on showing tons of people with checks. Right. And I thought that was all BS and it was fake. But all of a sudden, I, I had one of them, and I was so excited, like, I can't believe this is actually me. And I remember at that time thinking, thank God for the Carlton Sheets, who taught the Lou Browns, who taught the Ron LeGrands, who taught the all these other, you, go, you go through these gurus, who eventually taught Chris Chico, who then taught me, and I bought his course. And something in me triggered, like, I want to help people like that as well. But there's also the dark side. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of touching different subjects here, you know. I realized I can make money in real estate, but I got to work at it. And I bought courses in the past and didn't have success with them, but it wasn't their fault. It was mine. I wasn't doing what they taught me to do. So anyway, I, I, I'm the one interviewing you and I'm doing most of the (laughs) talking. No, 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 no. It's, I, I, I love, I love
1: it. And I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I think that I think that wholesaling is great. I'm not anti-wholesaling yeah. by any means. Like I literally wholesaling allowed me to make money and and work for myself. And it's given me everything I have today. And I'm very grateful for it. I would argue it seems like the people who start off wholesaling and are killing it right away already have some business sense and some business skills. And I that's totally, why I asked you what you yeah. did beforehand. And not not surprising, you did own property. Maybe, you know, you were took too many courses and whatnot, but you you weren't like a 20 year old with literally no skills or know nothing about business. Like you had some skills and I see people and I'm, you know, you m- mentioned like I kind of do these guru exposed videos and I am learning about, you know, Jerry Norton and Max Maxwell and Dean Grazius and all these other people. And so for instance, like Tom Kroll, Tom Kroll founded Wholesaling Inc. And, you know, when I was watching him coming up and doing all these like Periscopes and YouTube and stuff back when Periscope was a thing. Uh, and he was like, Oh, my first year I did like a hundred deals. And I'm like, how is this possible? How did this guy do it? And then I found out like, he kind of has a mentor. I think his brother's in the business and he probably had some business skills, sales skills before that. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Or Max Maxwell, his first year, he kind of crushed it. But he did like 10 other businesses before that. So I do think wholesal- wholesaling is great. But I think I think it's great for people who like want to know business. And my only problem is that it's, it's sold as, as like, you don't need any skills whatsoever. And I, I think it's just the, it's like you said, it's a balance. There's a light and dark side. Yeah. And I just think that the, the scale is so heavily tipped into the light side. That's why I really made my channel. And you talk to me beforehand, you're like, ah, I don't know, Tim, your videos are kind of controversial They're kind of negative maybe. But I'm kind of just trying to bring balance to the forest a little bit because there's so much yeah. positive fluff out there. I think you almost... I kind of have to be polarized in the opposite direction. That's the way I feel at least. Maybe that's well, you true.
0: You're, you're shaking things up a little bit. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know, shaking things up a little bit, calling for some accountability, I think that's good. And, and we can talk about for an hour, the whole brokering without a license stuff, right? And, and that's something you talked about before. I think it's important to get your license. I agree with that. Some people think you don't have to, but if you want a real successful wholesaling business, I think you've got to either get your license or get somebody on your team who's licensed. So that's really important. I think though, the, um, the important takeaway for people listening to this is um, you've got to put in the work. There's no magic button that you can just push and money falls from the sky. You, you've you got to put in the work. You've got to make the offers. And I think some people, they may know that intellectually, but they think, oh, I don't have to make that many offers. Or they yeah, think-
1: They don't get the scope of it. They don't understand. No, they the, don't understand. The of, like, yeah.
0: okay, well, if, if, it, if you know you've got to make 25 offers to do one deal and you want to do one deal a month, all right, we'll make 25 offers every month. When I'm coaching people or working with them or taking a beginner, and I I want them to give me, there's a few KPIs, key performance indicators, but the most important one is how many offers have you made in the last week? And anybody and everybody I've seen that struggles in this business, when you ask them how many offers have you made in the last week, it's very small. It's not very many of them. And that's a great indicator to focus in on what's really the most important thing in this business, right? Like if you wanna make money in the business, you've gotta make offers and you all, you've got to follow up. And if you want to make offers, you've got to talk to sellers. And if you want to talk to sellers, you've got to do marketing. So it's all about the lead generation. And I say this, you know, we're we're not in the real estate investing business, we're in the marketing business. Um, And I think that's a real important point. Uh, If you want to succeed in any business, especially wholesaling, you've got to be a master of marketing. You've got to be really good at lead generation, right? Right, right. Yeah, 100% agreed. And I,
1: and I, You know, you you asked me earlier, like, well, what can we do about it? And I, and one thing that I, what I really want to do with my channel, like, yes, maybe there's some controversial stuff, but I love to get to a point where someone can go in and talk about more advanced, nuanced business things related to wholesaling. Kind of like Alex Ramosi's channel. I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Ramosi. Yeah. He goes pretty deep into business and I appreciate that. And if we had something like that for wholesaling, like, uh, I think this would be great for even your channel, or I wish other people would do it as like, bring somebody on who's been wholesaling for a year who's done some deals who maybe doesn't like have his you know crap together really and like it's like a case study, like go through on the call like real estate rescue or something and like dive into exactly what their business looks like their operations their finances their systems pick it apart and then make it better i think all the content out there like what you're saying is great but it also feels a bit vague like i understand that you know it's about appointments but i think there's a lot more depth that people can go that they don't. Um, and I, and I, I wanna do some of that as well. Like like break out your PL. like let's go through your exact process. If there's a million dollar wholesaler, like what does this org chart look like? Like what is the commission structure? Like all that kind of stuff. I know some people talk about it, but I think it gets lost in the weeds a little bit. And I think it could be presented better. Uh, I don't know, what, yeah. what, what do you think?
0: Well, that's, that's a real good point. The, and how can that be done in a YouTube channel or a podcast? Um, I think that's where, you know, I've been a part of some masterminds where that plays a big role. Like there's a really good mastermind called Collective Genius. And uh, there's there's some high level players in there that aren't worried about, they don't want to create a coaching program or be famous on Instagram. They just want to do a lot of deals. And they do a lot of rehabbing and fix and flipping. And I was part of that for a long time. The The focus though on all of that is you've got to know your numbers. But real estate rescue, I like the sound of that. That's pretty cool. I, I have done <laughs> yeah. some, um, at the same time, I think we complicate it too much, right? Like, Wholesaling is simple, but wholesalers are complicated. It's you. You mentioned Tom Kroll, One of the things he talked about, and, and it was controversial the way he put, he put, would put, would pitch it. He would say, "Listen, I don't know anything about real estate. I'm just I'm just like a uh, how did he phrase it? Pawn shop. I'm just like a pawn shop or something, right? And really, that's kind of now that that can be that can that can make some waves and make people mad and all that. But it is kind of that. You know, you're 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 exchanging. You're offering a, uh, in exchange for the speed and convenience of selling a property at a discount, you're, you're giving them cash and a quick sale. Does that make sense? So it's really it's taking people who just don't want their house anymore. We're buying vacant land right now at 25 cents on the dollar. We just did a deal in uh, Charlotte County, Florida, and we're actually selling it in a couple days. Um, we're buying it. Oh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I'm doing the, uh, pulling the numbers from the air thing here. We're buying it for about six or seven grand and we're selling it for, shoot, I don't remember my numbers. We're going to make about a $15,000 net, 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 net profit after all of our real estate expenses, like um, our our realtor expenses, closing costs. Uh, I'm not sure if we're borrowing money or not on this deal from a private investor, but I think we are. Anyway, yeah. So the, what was I going with all that? Oh yeah. We're buying this land for about 30 cents on the dollar. Okay. 30 cents on the dollar. When we made an offer to the seller, we told them, We're not going to be your retail buyers. You should list it with an agent if you want the highest price for your property. You should list it with a realtor. And they said, No, we don't want to. We just want to be done with it. We don't want to wait. We don't want to pay the commissions. And we said, Okay, so we can offer you this. We're going to make a big profit on this thing. We're going to take it and resell it to somebody else. And they gave us, the seller gave us permission to put it on the MLS. And so we even found a realtor. To do a, a flat fee listing on the property so that we could then sell it we have a buyer that another realtor so we're working with realtors on this whole deal anyway so it can be done and 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 the reason why we can do these kinds of vacant land deals is we're doing the work we're investing in marketing we're sending about five hundred to thousand letters every week in into these markets and we're making a lot of offers probably about twenty to thirty offers a month that we're that we're doing so wholesaling is easy but Wholesalers are complicated. And I've been doing this a long time. I kind of know what needs to be done. But I think new people getting started in the business, you have to tell them, you have to spend um, you know, $800 a month on direct mail. I mean, $800 a week on direct mail. Vacant land, it's easier with direct mail, right? Um, so $800 a week on direct mail, that's $3,200 a month on direct mail. Most people don't want to hear that. That's not going to sell courses. Exactly. You, know you, you, You've got to have... It's going to be a lot of leads and you need to hire a disposition team. You know, you've got to hire realtors to sell. You've got to pay for, you know, $500 to get drone photography on your vacant lot. You you're going to run out of cash. If you want to keep on buying these things because your capital keeps on going out on these deals and, and you might not sell them in a couple of days. It might take a couple of months to sell. So you're going to need to raise private money to help with your cash flow. So like, there's a lot that goes into that, like raising private money, it's a yeah. skill in itself. It's, it's a huge skill in and of itself. Yeah. So anyway, by the way, I apologize if our internet is bad right now. It seems like you're freezing and maybe I'm freezing. But when we, um, when we re-upload this, the, the audio and video will be much better. Okay, so I've been talking a lot. Do you feel like, would you agree with that? That wholesaling is easy, but wholesalers are complicated?
1: I think the, okay, I think like you could say making a cupcake is easy. But it doesn't mean that running a bakery is easy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think the act of wholesaling is pretty simple, but I think there's a lot that goes into a wholesaling business. And maybe I'm like, biased. I, the, And I, I try to be aware of my own, like, almost shortcomings or perspective in a way. Like, I've never been able to build a seven-figure wholesaling business. Like, there are skills that I lack. So I probably have a chip on my shoulder, but maybe I just need more m- more skills and education on my own. But I, and I, okay, so this guy posted, um, his name was like Alec. He posted like a month ago, this YouTube video where he's a, he does wholesaling. And he was like, the truth about wholesaling and it's not as easy as you think, blah, 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 blah. But I was reading through the comments. It got like 6,000 views. And there are people commenting like, yeah, I was wholesaling in 2018 and I stopped in 2021. And I did it for three years, but it was like, it was too grind and like, I couldn't do it. And I feel like there's this kind of like secret category of people who like do wholesaling. They know how to do it but they still can't like build a long-term sustainable business. And mm. I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know what separates those people who get burnt out and quit versus the Joe McCalls who like can crush it and teach all these people. And that's, and I, I don't know the answer. I'm trying to figure that out. I think it's I'd probably not one right answer and it's nuanced, but there's something that Joe knows that this other guy who quit three years in doesn't know or you something know what that he's doing. I'm glad
0: me. you brought that up. I think I know what it is. It's not having all your eggs in one basket. It's having different ways to make money in the business. Now, I, kind of don't, I don't like the name, the word multiple streams of income because it's just been used for so long, right? But it's kind of true. The, the, for example, when I first got started, I was doing some cash wholesaling, but I was still working my full-time job. I was an engineer working for a large power company building power plants. So I was doing some wholesaling, but I found that lease options were easier at the time. This is 2008 and 2009. Wholesale, uh, lease options became really easy to do. And so I started wholesaling lease options or flipping them. And so within about three months doing that part-time, I was making more money flipping lease options than I was in my full-time job. And I was doing that part-time. I did that consistently for three months. So I was, I felt confident enough to quit my job. But the whole time I'm thinking in the back of my mind, because I read a book in my engineering days called Who Moved the Cheese? Or Who Moved My Cheese? Or something like that. And I, I, I always had that in my back of my mind. Okay, this lease option stuff will not be as easy as it is now, forever. And sure enough, three years later in 2012, the market started dipping and coming back up, and a lot of cash started coming back into the market. so guess what happened? I started doing more cash wholesaling back then, and I started um, focusing on well we were doing motivated marketing for motivated sellers, but then we were also marketing for buyers who had the money and we transitioned and we started then instead marketing for buyers instead of sellers and having other uh, wholesalers bring us their leads and we were wholesaling to our buyers. then we transitioned again to um well, started doing a little bit more creative deals. And then in 2020, 2019, 2020, because it just got oversaturated with so many wholesalers and YouTube University, everybody's coming in. Then in the last couple, three years, really focusing, pivoting towards land because vacant land is really easy. Okay, so being flexible and and doing from creative financing to cash deals to creative financing into vacant land and buying and selling Vacant land on owner financing and cash, but also I started my podcast in 2011 because I wanted, if times got hard, I didn't want to rely on just one on a real estate deal and um, one strategy in real estate. Right? I started getting invited to go speak at different boot camps, and I started selling coaching, like just at the time, three thousand bucks or something like that, and I started selling software and done for you marketing services and then so ever since then i've had different irons in the fire almost as it were when real estate is going really well maybe something else isn't when selling courses is going really well maybe i'm not putting as much interest or focus into my real estate deals but having the mindset i think is important for people to look at what are the different ways i can make money in this business you know how can i it's like the the gold rush you had the people going out and finding the gold doing the digging for the gold, but also the people selling the shovels and the, and, and the, uh, the equipment and the tools for that, right? right. Um, let me ask you something, Tim. What, tell me what you think about this. Robert Allen is famous for his Nothing Down. I have a book right over there. I should pull it up. It says Nothing Down, updated and completely revised for the 80s. This is a book that he wrote. Um, I read the book, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good book. Like 90% of that stuff is still applicable for today. He said one time, I've made my millions doing real estate. I've made my hundreds of millions teaching people how to do real estate. And I've wrestled with that. Like, is that okay? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if I know the answer to that. I know that he's had a huge impact and made a difference in a ton of people's lives, but there's also some controversy about him and, and what he has sold in the past. And is he still doing real estate deals? Is it okay for somebody to teach real estate if they're not still doing deals? I don't know, what, are your, what is your thought on that? I think selling
1: shovels is a better business model than trying to find gold, you know? And I think that's kind of the way it is. You know, I, I don't blame him. Like, I'm doing the same thing. Like, I literally pivoted to a marketing agency. So I'm not selling a coaching program. I mean, I actually have a PPC course, but I, it's a better business model for me to run a marketing agency than it is for me to be a wholesaler. And I enjoy it more.
0: And but you just... also still keep a little bit uh, of um, the toes in the water on right. doing wholesaling deals. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. You're not just hundred percent doing your PPC agency. You still kind yeah, of, you're, you're right.
1: I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, honestly, I'm not, I, I waver back and forth with how much focus I want to put on my wholesaling business. To be honest, one of the reasons why I do it is so that I can say I keep doing, it. I still do it. You know, I, I, like, I think for my agency, like it makes me a better agency owner if I understand my clients. And I think best way I can understand them is I literally do it for myself too. And it, I do it, but I also do it just to stay on the up and up of like all the changes and, and the nuance of, of how to actually do deals and the lead quality changing and, and all that stuff. So yes, I'm doing it, but you could argue I'm doing it for my agency. In a okay, way. so
0: Tim, somebody comes up to you and um, says, hey, I want to quit my job. I, I'm tired of the, the grind in my office, my cubic hell, and yeah. I got to get out, right? I want to do real estate. Or what, what would you say to them?
1: If they want to quit their job and do real estate, I would say, don't quit your job and do real estate. I mean, okay, there's. I would probably pepper them for 45 minutes about their actual situation of like, how much savings do you have? Like, what skills do you have, etc. But ultimately, I would say you should at least make your job's income over the course of a year before you quit your job. And even then, like you said, the market changes like you can quit. And then, you know, like you said, the wholesaling flood comes in and then they do great one year, they get a lucky and they think they're a genius and then they're actually not. So, you know, I'm always a fan and I, and I've talked to other investors and a lot of them like who've been around, you know, longer than you even. And they say, you know, the secret to longevity is having other income is like hedging your income, having another job, Having having some other multiple streams of income in, in some sense, and okay, I, and so I does
0: somebody you know. need to if they want to get into real estate, do they need to start thinking about coaching and creating courses or software or being an agency and things like that?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I think if they can prove that they can do it and they like helping people, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I do think that coaching programs should all have a refund policy um, to, it kind of hold. um, uh, I would love it if it was regulated where every coaching program had a, you know, six month or at least 60 day refund policy. Cause then it weeds out the people who don't know what they're doing. Should um, universities
0: do the same thing? Should a university that, uh, you know, a student two months halfway into the first semester should get, should they get their money back from the university if they don't finish?
1: No, but I, I think there's more overhead costs to a university than there is to an online course, which you created once. You know, I'm kind of I'm just talking about people who created a course. It doesn't cost any upkeep, you know, to do it. Maybe they have a support team, or maybe it's like a 75% refund or something. But I I see your point. Yes, and maybe it's unrealistic to do that. But
0: what about okay? What about me? Um, I do calls every week. I'm, I have a Facebook group. I'm in there answering questions. I do actually two or three coaching calls a week. I put a lot of time and effort into creating this course. Somebody buys it. You can hear that knocking. I don't know. I got some guys working on some siding on my house. So I put in a lot of effort and time into making this course. Somebody goes through the program and I do a 30-day money-back guarantee. I don't care whatever reason. If you're not happy within 30 days, you get your money back. But I also do a six-month completion challenge where if they complete the course, they don't even have to do a deal. If they complete the program, I'll give them their money back and to do the to complete the program they need to go through the modules set up the systems like i teach them and make at least 25 written offers okay so do you think it would be better and be honest should if 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 they're 3 months in and they've gone through the curriculum they've participated in my calls that i'm hosting um i've helped them with questions in the facebook group and stuff like that if they haven't made any money because they haven't done anything should i have to give them a refund
1: no i I don't know, Joe. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, maybe it's yes, and, and maybe that's okay. Yeah, it, the thing I struggle with. I I will say I like I like your approach of hey, if you complete this course, I'll give you your money back. Because you do that, I think, as you understand the reason people don't succeed is because they just don't put the effort in because they're sold to the get rich quick stuff. So, yeah, you know, honestly, let's play it out. Let's say you did refund these people right? And then let's say enough of them, like you're running the business and you have these costs and your time, enough of them don't make money and get refunds. Maybe that would force you to update your uh, marketing to be more realistic. And then it would kind of qualify people better. So the only people paying for it would then be people who would actually get through the program. So you could argue that may, uh, may force you to have a you know, more tougher, less sexy marketing
0: about it. Maybe. One of the things I do Maybe. in my course is I tell them at the very beginning, if you're here to make a quick buck, this isn't for you. And in fact, I'll be honest with you, most people do not succeed in this business. Most people fail. I, I, right up front, at the very beginning, I tell them, most people fail in this business. It's hard, you have gotta put in a lot of work. This isn't for everybody. And uh, don't think that you can make a lot of money very easily. Um, and I, I even took all of my student testimonials out of my pitch, my sales pitch in my webinar, um, just for various reasons. I don't wanna make it sound like this is typical. And I'm right up front in their face. This is hard, you've gotta put in a lot of work. So I still get refund requests and I give them because I just don't want the negative press. And and I want to have a good reputation. And that's very important. Like if you go to joemccall.com and click on the reviews button, I'm updating my website right now, but you'll see all of my testimonials there. It's really, really important that I have a good reputation. I want people to feel like they've been treated fairly and not taken advantage of. So if anybody ever feels like they've been taken advantage of, I will give them their money back. I just don't want the bad... It doesn't make sense to do it because the, the
1: the people that allowed us, right. And they're going to, yeah, I, okay. I think what you're doing is great. I think the incentive program you have to people to complete the course is a really good idea. I think 30 day money back guarantee is okay. I think it could be 60 or 90 days. I think, I, I don't know. I haven't done the research to be honest. I don't know how long it takes someone to realize this program was fluffed up in the marketing or wasn't, you know, maybe it's a month, maybe it's two. I don't know. I think the longer, the better personally so I, I can't tell you if it's 90 or 30 days but i think you're definitely one of the better ones for sure
0: what you know? <laughs> what if i did a year now, we could talk about this forever the uh there's a lot of ways we can go with this and we should probably continue this because there's a lot more questions i wanted to ask you tim but it's a fascinating subject to talk to think about right i i, I really there there's a lot of not a there, there's a yeah maybe there's a lot of bad apples out there and and um there's a lot of good apples too and yeah. You, yeah. you can't throw out all the gurus or you can't throw out wholesaling just because it is hard and it's not as easy because, you know, I could, if, if I had to choose just one business to focus on and do nothing else, and, uh, I would be okay with any of the three or four businesses that I have, right. I would be okay with, if I just, if I had to only do real estate, I know I could make enough money to support my family live very comfortably. If I had to just do the podcast and YouTube, the publishing stuff, I know I could do well with that. If I had to just do the marketing services or the agency work or selling the software and things like that. So I think it's important for people to kind of wrap this all up. I think it's important for people to think about diversifying and different into different strategies in real estate, um, into different streams of income, whether it's doing deals, selling services, selling the tools and the shovels, whether that's coaching, done-for-you agency, software, things like that. And it's important to really kind of keep an eye or an ear out onto what the customers are struggling with, right? What are they having problems with? Is there anything I can do to make their jobs easier, to make it not so difficult? Um, yeah, well said. Okay, Tim, I want to do a part two, if that's all right with you. We're already at... Well, let's see if there's any um, questions in here real quick. I'm late I'm for another reading the comments. And, uh, Do you see the comments? I see the comments. I see Kylie G. Newbold in here. Um, Oh, Kylie, my My man. Oh, I have a bad, embarrassing story of me, the way I treated uh, Kylie. Uh, I'll get into that another time. I I kind of left him, abandoned him one time when we were riding out our four-wheelers. I Uh. think one of the important things is to stop and think about why someone wants to quit and start a business. Oftentimes, we romanticize entrepreneurship as the answer to a better and happier life. It may help you achieve that through more flexibility, finding your passion, et cetera. But you'll always have that challenge of finding more peace inside of yourself. It's really good. Thank you, Kylie. And I'm sorry for leaving you out on the desert in Sedona. Okay, Roger says, Joe, you nailed it. Universities don't give refunds. By the way, universities are hedge funds in disguise. Interesting. They use students' monies to invest in real estate businesses, et cetera. Refunds are questionable because many students will steal the program, repackage it to sell to others. You have to be careful out there. Manny's got a good point here. We're not in the real estate business. We're in the marketing business. Other good questions here and comments that I just don't have time to talk about.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate this, Joe. And, And I'm not sitting here saying I have all the answers to all these issues, but I think the fact that we're having a conversation about it to me is the win. I just want more conversation about it. I don't know what the right thing is all the time, but I just don't think it's talked about enough. And there's too many case studies of how I got rich, how I got rich, how I got rich. And those are great, but we just need, we need some other stuff thrown mm-hmm. in
0: there as well. So, yeah. Tim, I want to get you back on part two um, because I, I felt like I talked way too much and didn't let you talk enough. <laughs> so you got me fired up. Um, I think this is a really important topic to talk about. And um, I want to spend more time in w- what you see wholesalers need to do in order to be successful. You know, what, what do, in your experience, what are some things that wholesalers need to do what are some other things that maybe as, a, as an industry that provides the services and the info products and stuff like that? What do we need to do to clean things up and make it better for people? Uh, so I think this is the beginning of a good conversation to have, Tim. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. I'll, I'll come back as many times as you want to have me. All right. Well, um, how can people get a hold of you and what's your YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, it's Tim Oppelt. Just check it out. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Instagram. It's Tim Oppelt, is my handle. Um, hit me up. Comment on YouTube. I I respond to all the comments, um, so you can find me pretty easily. I'm on Facebook too. So
0: yeah. And what's your PPC agency?
1: WholesaleingPPC.com. Whole, yeah, wholesaling, wholesaling
0: PPC. PPC. PPC stands for pay per click. So you do Google yep. advertising. Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you being on the show, man. Appreciate Let's you let, let, letting me talk so much. I feel bad. I was doing most of all of the talking. Um, no, we'll good. see you. We'll see you soon. All, all right, right, guys. Sure. Thank you so much. And I uh, want to thank you for being on the show again. Um, leave us a review and a comment in the YouTube or Facebooks. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to it, I'd appreciate the subscribe and leave a review and thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye.